0: So if he came to you and said, Nicole, I want to take her back to court because she's not letting me see my kids like she's supposed to, but I need financial help, would you help him? No. Really?
1: You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step-family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy step-family coaching team, Lori and David Sims.
0: Today is the day after Thanksgiving in the United States. And we're all fat and miserable. Um, I'm not going to touch that. So, <laughs> now we get to talk about Christmas. Let's talk about Christmas trees. Oh, crema tree. Oh,
2: crema tree.
0: When we had Craig and Gina Morgan on, they had talked about Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, David? Nope. Well, if my memory serves properly, <laughs> they had like three trees. <laughs> That's nothing compared to some people I know. Let's not talk about your sister right now. <laughs> She's got like a dozen.
2: Do you see what I posted on her Facebook page?
0: Yes, I saw what you posted on Facebook. You took a picture of all the trees. She
2: said all of her trees were up, and I said, so are mine. And I took her picture of all the trees in the yard.
0: <laughs> and she said, we need lights on. We can do that. We want to go out there and shine flashlights and take a picture and say, is this better? There you go. But I th- believe Craig and Gina Morgan said that they had three trees. Okay. A tree for... Her husband and his kids, mm-hmm. a tree for her and her kids, right, and then a tree, kind of a new tree okay, to represent the new blend.
2: Okay, good idea.
0: That way, their kids weren't competing for space for where to put the ornaments or things like that. Mm-hmm. And someone we know actually posted that they heard at the Step Family Summit, someone mentioned that the way that they pick out the tree, they only have one in the end, but like, Say you and your boys would go pick out three trees that you liked at the tree farm. Okay. Then me and my kids would come up and choose which one of those three we wanted. Okay. That way everybody feels like they have a say in picking of the tree. Good idea. I remember it wasn't our first year. You talking about the live tree year? We had one live tree. <laughs> you <laughs> want to it... talk about high maintenance? That was enough. I love live Leland cypress trees. It might be Leyland cypress, but whatever they're called. They're gorgeous. They smell good good Lord, doing some thirsty things. Mm -hmm. I had to water it three times a day. Mm -hmm. I don't water myself three times a day. Mm -mm. I remember one year we got a tree, and it wasn't the year of the live tree. But I was trying to find a tree to fit our space better. Mm -hmm. So the skinny tree. So I got the skinny tree. (laughs) And I believe it was Ethan (laughs) that did not like the skinny tree. Yeah, it was one of them. You know, now that I think about it, Ethan didn't like a lot of stuff. He didn't like me changing the furniture. He didn't like us painting stuff. He didn't like my tree. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the rest of them may have felt that way, but he had no problems telling you. Nope. Anyway, Christmas can be such a sad time, even if you're not in a blend. It brings back memories of loved ones that are no longer with us. It brings back memories of crappy Christmases. It brings on stress of having to run to everybody's house or having people over. And a lot of that is limited this year for some people because of COVID. Mm -hmm. They're not willing to take the risk. You
2: also have the financial strain that it puts on people.
0: Yes. Some people,
2: you know, borrow
0: for Christmas and um, take some all year long to pay it back. If they pay it back then. Mm -hmm. So there's so much that can cause stress at Christmas. Then you have blends. You have little Johnny's got to go to his mama's at such-and-such time, and little Susie's got to come back from her mama at such-and-such time, and it's crazy. Mm -hmm. David and I did Christmas several years, early and late. Mm -hmm.
2: I've tried to get everybody to do Christmas in January. That way we could get... The January white sales.
0: (laughs) Is that a real thing? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I thought you just wanted the day after Christmas sales.
2: Well, yeah, you do that too. But no, everybody's taking their stuff back day after Christmas, and it's crowded.
0: Oh, yeah. So... We decided that, you know what, instead of fretting and stressing, and if it was a day that my son went to his dad's Christmas Day at 1 o'clock, why would we let him open his gifts or, quote, quote, receive Santa, and then turn around. Send him on his way. And send him on his way for a week where he's not going to get to play with his stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. Because you can't take toys to the other's house.
0: You know, I don't think I've ever told him he couldn't. He never asked. I told mine he couldn't. Like, you take it over there, it'll disappear So here's the thing. Don't let Christmas stress you out. Don't put yourself in debt over Christmas presents. Mm -mm. Don't be upset if you can't have all the children together at once. Move Christmas. It's okay. Yeah. And if your children believe in Santa, crap, David, we probably should have did a disclaimer at the beginning. (laughs) If your children believe in Santa, just say, look, I wrote Santa a letter and asked him to come early for y'all because that's the only time we could all be together. Get creative. Right. And we actually started, I guess, our own traditions. So if I got my son back Christmas Day at one, if that was the year that we flipped that way, that was our Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. So that way we could still have Christmas Eve traditions and things of that nature. Yep. So you can let this holiday season stress you to the max to where you're miserable and you hate everybody and you're green like the Grinch. Or you can find alternate ways to avoid the stress. Yep. And what is it that people say they do instead of buying a bunch of crap for their kids? It's something they need, something to read, something to wear, and something they want. I'm missing something.
2: <laughs> I think they have to give something up to somebody else or something don't they?
0: No, you're mixing things. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. It's something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that sounds right. Is it old, new, borrowed, and blue? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. I remember when your kids got older and didn't really want gifts. They wanted money. Mm-hmm. I remember we gave Branson that money tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. That was pretty cool. Yep. But it takes the fun out of it.
2: Yeah, but they're the same way now. Yeah, that's true. I said, like, hey, what do y'all want for Christmas? And they're all like, just money. Oh, he wants money.
0: I'm thinking, no, buy me something.
2: No, you don't. You just buy yourself stuff. Go ahead and tell everybody what you do. I buy myself whatever I want. Yeah. Here's the thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not only does she buy herself her own Christmas stuff, but she wraps it and puts it under the tree so she can unwrap it and act excited and surprised.
0: No, I'm still excited. <laughs> I'm
2: not lying. No, you're not lying. But I think it's, it's hilarious because I don't know what she's got. And I'm like, why you got so many gifts under the tree? And you're like, because you're so awesome. You, do.
0: <laughs> you remember my boots? Yeah, I remember them. Y'all, there was this pair of boots that I wanted for like two years but i'm really frugal so i'm like i'm not paying that much for a pair of boots well i got to keep on i ordered them and they came in and i told david i was like love what you got me for christmas you've never worn them i've never worn them i'm going to wear them tonight I'm getting ready to go put them on with my jogging pants and strut around the house.
2: Which I knew would happen. No. Because I knew you would buy them and you'd say, these things are these things are so nice and they cost X amount of dollars, which, I mean, it's not crazy high, but, and I just can't wear them because I might get a speck of dirt on them. And so they'll sit in the box until they
0: rot. So they won't I'm- rot. They're leather. I do have a bad habit of not wanting to use new items <laughs> because they'll get messed up. But I'm wearing those boots. You're like Mini Pearl. Uh, you know what? Have you noticed I haven't taken the price tags off those things that I hung up in the I office?
2: Noticed, yeah, I noticed you don't take price tags off a lot of stuff.
0: Hey, Cole's, you can return stuff for a year. Oh, no, seriously? You can.
2: Please tell me you don't wear it and then return it. No. Okay.
0: No, I do know people that'll tuck the tags in the back of their clothes and return it. That's just wrong. That's stealing. Mm-hmm. That's thieving, people. That's thieving. <laughs> All right. So anyway, David and I went to this craft fair yesterday. Yeah. And it was really cool. They had all kind of Christmas stuff, and we really were having a good time. I was having a really good time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then David had a work emergency. <laughs> yes, I did. So halfway through, I just went around shop by myself. I was with you. You were not <laughs> mentally with me. I was
2: walking around. I didn't know where I was walking. I was just following your feet. Right. Because I had to be on the phone and looking at ticket information and emails and text messages and...
0: Now, here's the thing, people, I could have gotten mad and cut up and been like, rah, 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 you're supposed to be spending time with me and focus on me. You're on the phone and blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, he is self-employed. So my response is not put your phone down because my response is stay on the phone so you can make more money so I can shop some more. Oh, my
2: gosh. <laughs> if only a word that way.
0: <laughs> but I did ask him, I said, do we need to leave? To which I responded? Nope. There you go. So I just kept going around, talking to people, having a jolly good time. And she did. Got our stuff, and we left. Yep, and went somewhere else and did some more stuff. (laughs) Now, I did get kind of annoyed in Home Depot.
2: Why did you get annoyed? Because I noticed you were annoyed.
0: Because you you wouldn't stop with the phone. I stood there for 12 minutes looking at curtain rods, and you just sat there and... And you had already told me it was taken care of before that. Okay. So I didn't say anything. Good for you. Yes, good for me. Because it wouldn't it went well.
2: Really? Because I was annoyed. I know you were annoyed. You know how it is? You got somebody who's already aggravated and annoyed. We talk about this all the time in the academy. Don't put the target on you. Cause when you respond to somebody in a way and they're already aggravated, they take all that frustration and aggravation, and they turn it toward you. Yeah. So we didn't want that to happen. No. But so thank
0: you for controlling your tongue. <laughs> But notice he did know I was annoyed.
2: Oh, yeah, I knew it.
0: I'm not one of these people that can hide things. If I'm mad, you know it. If I'm sad, you know it. If I'm glad, you know it. If I'm confused, you know it. Because I do like the little puppy dog and turn my head sideways, like, huh? hmm.
2: No, no, I knew you were annoyed. I was annoyed. It was a problem. Yes, it was being handled. Um, but there was also a lot of questions I was having to answer, stuff like that.
0: So, but we got past it and we didn't fight and we didn't argue. Nope. Life was good because got, I nacho.
2: That's right.
0: We got out of Home Depot.
2: And if we needed to leave, we would have left. And I did it on another day. Right. So, because guess what? Sometimes life throws you a curveball. Right. And or have, they
0: throw you soggy nachos. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And so you have to deal with it. You know, like times when, you know, you have to do something with the kids you weren't prepared to do.
0: Like take them to the doctor or get them because the other bio parents piece of crap and says, Oh, I can't get little Johnny because I've got COVID. (laughs) And then you look on Facebook and they're in Disney with their other kid. (laughs) That would never happen. People are not the brightest of the Mohicans.
2: Yeah. I can remember times when one of the kids would be like, I've got a project, dude. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll help you with it. When's it due? It's due in the morning. It's nine o'clock at night, son. Yeah, So I told you before it was due. Yeah, or the best one's like, how long have you known about this? I found out uh, at my mom's last week. Did your mom know about this? Yes. She <laughs> knew the whole week, and she didn't bother to help you? No, she said, do you get
0: back to your dad's house, and he can help you do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks. So the whole point in this rambling, there is always a point to our rambling, whether you may realize it or not. But the whole point to it is I was annoyed yesterday at some point. It wasn't at the craft fair, but it was at Home Depot. Part of that's because I don't like hanging out in places. I don't like hanging out in Walmart or hanging out in Home Depot. I go in, get what I need. I'm like Speedy Gonzalez, underlay, 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 and we out the door. Underlay. Whatever. (laughs) But... Even though David knew I was annoyed, I didn't verbalize it, and so it didn't progress. We can talk about Saturday when I was annoyed, and I did verbalize it, when
2: you and your son tried to get me killed. Oh, no, let's not talk about that, David. We're running out of time.
0: <laughs> All right. You know how people email, like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. So. I'm ending right now. All right. Let's talk about our guest really quickly. We're talking to stepmom Nicole. She's in Canada. Cool. A knook. She's been blending four years. They're not married. She has twin stepsons, two bio daughters and a bio son, and an hour's daughter that's two and a half. Woo. Yes. How many is that? Six. Six. The hardest part of her blending is the high conflict bio mom. Really? Yeah, imagine that. The best advice she ever received the Nacho Kids method. That is very good advice. Woohoo. Who gave her that advice? I did. <laughs> And she loves it. And it truly changed her life. Oh, good. Yes. So anyway, enough of this. I know y'all are like, come on, get to
2: it. We are at it. All right, folks. Here goes right after a word about the Academy.
1: There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship. And it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step-parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com.
0: Today, we have stepmom, Nicole. Hey, Nicole, how are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Doing good. So tell us a little bit about your blend, how long you've been blending step kids, ours kids bio kids, all that good stuff.
3: okay, so we've been blending for about four years now. I have three specifically mine i am there's two step kids and then there's one our kids, and um it's a <laughs> <laughs> I can't even speak. I'm um, okay. so overwhelmed <laughs> by it's. Uh, it's not been that uh, fairy tale blend, that's for sure. And I've been actually in a blended family previous. There was a mine, a his, and then we had an ours. And I thought I knew what I was stepping into. It hadn't been that hard. Um, that other child is actually still a very big part of my life. So I walked into this thinking, oh, this can't be that hard. I've done this before. It was like you know, and. Um, it's been anything but
0: so this is your second blend
3: this is my second blend okay and my first blend didn't go bad because of like of a stepchild or anything that father was a cheater <laughs> so that's why that didn't go well it wasn't like the blend didn't go well or anything it was a specific problem with said ex-partner Yes. But so this is my second blend. I thought I, I, you know how like everyone says, oh, I hate hearing you knew what you were getting into. I actually thought I knew what I was getting into, but it couldn't have been farthest from the truth.
0: Well, you had good reason to think that you knew what you were getting into because you had already been through this.
3: Exactly and it had been easy peasy. I say the hardest part of this blend and what makes it so very, very difficult and different is a ultra high conflict bio mother.
0: Oh, one of those
3: one of those. Yes, I fully feel that's what's made it challenging. The stepkids aren't bad kids. I mean, dad does there's been definitely like we call it Disneyland dad or the guilt parenting. Mm-hmm. Um he's gotten better. The kids aren't, you know, they're not bad kids. It's just the high conflict bio mom has made this blend a definite hell.
0: So your first blend, you didn't deal with a high conflict bio mom.
3: No, bio mom was actually not really involved at all. And she definitely wasn't conflicting when she was involved. Dad had full custody of that child. So maybe that was the difference.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a big difference.
3: Yeah, and I'm actually friends. I mean, we definitely weren't friends while we were together, but that bio mother and I were actually friend acquaintances type people now.
0: Oh, that's great.
3: Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting into with this. I thought I did, but I uh, I didn't. And I mean, I had been divorced and we had a very amicable divorce and I get along very well with my children's fathers. And, uh, you know, there's fights here and there. Everyone's got disagreements, but for the most part, we have a very amicable relationship. We really try to co-parent very well. And I didn't know that this other side could even exist and be what it is by joining certain Facebook groups and specifically the Nacho group, which has totally changed my life. I see that, unfortunately, this type of parenting, divorce, and whatever that my significant other is going through and has seems to be the norm. And that's kind of sad.
0: You're married, right?
3: No, I'm not married. They're not divorced yet. They're still fighting it out.
0: Oh, goodness. That just makes it worse.
3: Yeah, four years, they're still, yeah, fighting it out.
0: It just makes it worse that they're still going through all that crap because that's more crap you're having to deal with.
3: I don't think they're ever going to be done going through it. To be honest, I think that specific person seems to have a very I don't know, narcissistic personality. And uh, she just likes to cause problems and issues. And that's what makes her happy in life.
0: Did you know that about her when you started dating your significant other?
3: No, no, I didn't. Like I said, I hadn't had a problem with like, you know, first blends by a mother. I amicably, as best as possible, had split from my partners and tried to get along. I thought that's what everyone did. I haven't even made it through a court system yet for like, you know, I never fought out child custody. I never... fought out child support to be honest i'm i'm very i guess i was naive i didn't even know there was this whole evil family court system till i got involved with my partner and his ex dragging through it all really really yes i like i with my exes we just came up with some out of the blue number for child support i mean i have full custody of my older two i um split a 50-50 custody with my third youngest. So she does one week with me, one week with dad. And then obviously my fourth child is the ours. So and we just did that um like for we just did that all on our own. Just decided this is it. There was no fighting whenever My older children's fathers want to see their kids. I mean, they can. I fully endorse relationships with their dads. I mean, my oldest is 16, so I stay out of that relationship completely. I feel like she's old enough to do what she needs to do with that relationship. So, yeah, I didn't know it was divorce and custody and child support and all this could be such a nasty, mudslinging road. Wow.
0: So you really got a shock.
3: I did. I was like, mostly I was like, man, I could have got more child support, but (laughs) I mean, also (laughs) horrible as that sounds, but also I make a lot more money than my exes make and they have other children. And like, I mean, I could take them to court and get more child support and all that stuff, but A, I don't have time. B, I don't want to waste the money and C, I'm not taking money from them. I'm taking money from their children. And, uh, I don't want to, you know, how do I sleep with myself at night knowing that my kid had that extra $100 is buying them a new video game, but that $100 I got from my kid is taking food off the table for their kids, so... I just leave it alone.
0: And two, like you said, it's not like courts free. So you'd spend probably $10,000 to get a hundred extra dollars a month.
3: Right. I worked it out and I was like, okay, so I spend 5,000 here, 5,000 there. And really, I mean, I make almost double what they make. It's going to work out to be, I've worked it out. It's going to be an extra hundred. What's the point? And the time, right? I don't got the time.
0: And the stress.
3: Right. And the stress. And like I said, we have pretty good relationships. I mean, yes, we get mad at each other and whatever every now and then. But if I take them to court, that co-parenting and relationship we've worked to build is all down the toilet, so to speak.
0: Right. So I guess the bio mom that you're dealing with now, she's not in a relationship with somebody else?
3: She is. That's the thing. We both thought when she got in a relationship, She would be happy and like kind of move on and leave us alone. But that hasn't happened at all. She is still just as vindictive and evil as she was in the beginning. Wow. Like I tried to be sympathetic or empathetic. I was like, okay, well, you know what? Significant other broke up with her. She wasn't prepared for that. We got together fairly quickly after they separated I tried to see it from her perspective and understand she was hurt and, you know, hurt people lash out. And I thought, okay, well, as time, you know, time heals all wounds, as time goes on and she finds a new partner and is happy, maybe she'll ease off. Then that definitely hasn't happened.
0: Yeah, you would think that her having somebody else in her life, that she would want to move on. But she's, she's obviously holding on to some resentment there.
3: Or she's, I mean, just miserable and misery-likes company.
0: Yeah. So you don't ever think the divorce will be agreed upon?
3: Um, well, the divorce is separate from the custody and everything. They've already kind of fought it out. They've sent the divorce thing through. It's actually my significant other stopping it. Um, he just hasn't, I don't know why, he hasn't signed it. Every time he goes to, I feel like he thinks the longer... It's the last piece he can hold over her head because she makes life so miserable, doesn't follow the court order, constantly just takes the kids and withholds them from him. And he feels like as long as he doesn't sign the divorce paper, it's this last little bit he has to hold on to, hopefully get her to get back into line with the court order, custody, etc. It's not probably the right thinking, but that's that.
0: So, the Biomom mom doesn't follow the custody agreement? Not at all.
3: Um, for instance, right now, the children are supposed to come this Thursday. We're fully expecting they won't. So, they come Thursday till Tuesday, Thursday evening till Tuesday morning. So the last week when we dropped them off, sometime this week, she, uh, I guess, they got a cold and got sick. And she went off on her typical rant and rave of, our house is dirty, and every time her boys are here, they get sick, and we're disgusting, dirty people, and et cetera, et cetera. And she's not sending them anymore. And she often goes on various tangents like this. For instance, over this, because I'm in Canada, so we had Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago in October. And uh, even though it's written in the court agreement that he would bring them on Thanksgiving Day, she purposely blew something up and refused to let him have his court-ordered custody time with the children because it was the Thanksgiving weekend and uh, I guess her significant other's child came over and she wanted to play happy family and have the boys there all weekend, etc. So she does this all the time.
0: Are the court system's In Canada, do they recognize parental alienations? So if your significant other took her back to court for violating the court order, would they take it seriously that she's not letting him have the kids like she's supposed to?
3: I think they would. The problem is, is it's not free to take her to court, right? So Mm -hmm. it's another $5,000 down in retainer and going back to court in time. And I think he just doesn't want to waste the money.
0: I know in the States for the most part, I would say, if you find somebody in contempt of court. So basically, you would get an attorney, they would file a rule to show cause, you would go to court, and the judge, if they find them in contempt of court, then they will make them pay your attorney's fees.
3: That happens here too. She's actually been had to pay his attorney fees for a few trips to court.
0: You would think that she would not gamble with that.
3: No, I have paid about $12,000 in court fees to help him fight her. And at some point, I just said, Nacho, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm not helping with that anymore. And uh, he he really, between his child support and what the little he does contribute, he just doesn't have the money. And she, I'm very sure she knows this. And she's thrown it out there. Well, if you don't like it, take me to court. If you don't like it, take me to court.
0: Really? Yes. What about him representing himself? Is that a possibility in Canada? We tried that
3: and um, it in, in this particular court case, we were, they were fighting out. Um, it didn't go very well. Hmm. I think he froze and um, there are people, like there are lots of fathers that do represent themselves in Canada. Some go successful, some don't. He froze in court. He let her lawyer pretty much walk all over him and it didn't turn out the way we were hoping so I don't think he should self-represent himself again he I just
0: yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that I could even self represent myself because I would probably, you know, say things that I shouldn't or get emotional because it's hard. And I know people that have done it here and it just depends on the judge. Some judges are lenient if you choose to do that. And they don't expect you to know all the court rules and proper etiquette of the courtroom. But then some of them are really strict. Well, you didn't use the right terminology. And so it just, it depends.
3: Um, It wasn't that. The judge wasn't all, all about terminology. I think it's just that significant other. He just froze, I think, in the moment. I think the pressure got the better of him. He's not a public speaker type of person to start with. And I think he just, he froze. Mm-hmm. He didn't speak up when he should have. And her lawyer just kind of railroaded over him, took control of the case and yeah. didn't. So we didn't have said outcome we were hoping
0: for. Right. Which is unfortunate. Now, I know here also we were talking to a couple recently that was debating on whether to try to take the ex back to court because she owed money and all this stuff. And we found some resources online for them. I can't remember them off the top of my head for fathers to get assistance to go to court. That may be something your significant other could find to help him.
3: Yeah, that's true. I know there's a big uh, father, I mean, in the States and in Canada, there's a big father's right movement growing right now. Mm -hmm. I know there's father's right Facebook groups, et cetera, where they try and help each other out. I think we were, we had discussed maybe like, I mean, part of the big cost is all the filing of the paperwork. Um, I had a coworker who self-represented himself and he he was a lot more well-spoken and more into it. His case actually turned out. Fairly well for him. He said that he ended up using a paralegal to help with all the documentation and everything. It was a fraction of the price. And then he self-represented in some places. In some places, he needed a lawyer and it really cut the cost in half. I know we discussed like maybe trying that route. At this point, though, the whole like custody and everything, it basically would have been told look towards a three-day trial.
0: Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah.
3: A minimum cost of about $25,000. So
0: again, I don't know anything about the Canadian court systems, but here you have like, you know, temporary hearing, then some other kind of hearing, and then now they're making you go to mediation, then they'll have the final hearing. So, I mean, it's not like you just go one time.
3: No, no. And it's kind of like that here. So they went to like, so they've got like family court where like situations that can be settled in 15 minutes. So that's where they went originally to fight out, like, custody, and uh, she was awarded, they have a 70-30 split. Um, They did try and do arbitration or mediation. I mean, she's just not agreeable to everything. She took him back to court saying he abused the children and tried to get him uh, just supervised visitation and every other weekend only. Um, the judge saw right through that actually called her a scheming person. She had to pay his court fees, etc. And that was denied. But the very first judge that did the custody case said he didn't feel that it was he didn't feel comfortable settling it in this specific family courtroom. And it needed to be a vici voce something, which basically meant he said, for a final decision to be made on custody, it needed to go to a trial. Wow. And no other judge will change the first judge's backing. So to do get final custody or fight it out for more time or fifty-fifty or whatever, the first judge deemed that it has to go to a trial. And most lawyers say it looked I mean, just with the past with her, look for at least it trials gonna be three to five days with a price tag of minimum twenty-five thousand. So
0: So does she have money to just blow? No,
3: she has wealthy parents. Oh, One time she even messaged him and said, hope you're happy with yourself. My dad's not going to be able to retire now.
0: That's her fault. That's not on him. So you said that you were helping financially and then you decided to nacho, And which means that you decided, look, they're not my kids. They're not my responsibility. I'm tired of spending money to try to get this resolved. And you handed that responsibility back to him how did he react to that? Is he resentful about it? Is, does he understand? I think he
3: understands. So I was really the pushing, pushing, pushing too. He never, I don't think he never really asked for my money. It's just, I saw her in my view, in my opinion, I saw her railroading him and him not doing anything to stick up for himself. And she was going to take advantage of him so I myself found a lawyer I would I refuse to let this happen I myself found a lawyer started interviewing lawyers started throwing money down and you know I just decided that his fight couldn't be my fight after a certain point and it wasn't my fight and I couldn't fight the fight for him and if he didn't want to fight and put in the effort which he wasn't then I guess he was going to have to stick with the consequences. You know where it says on one of your, you can't care more than the bio parents care. Well, in this case, I can't care more than he cares, right? Right. So I said, Nacho, one day you'll get sick of it or at some point she'll cross the line or the last straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And at that point he'll want to do something and he'll do something, but I can't keep pushing him. I can't keep throwing money at it and I can't fight somebody else's fight.
0: Right. And that makes a lot more sense and is a lot more understandable than you just saying, oh, I'm not giving you any more money. So I'm glad that we clarified that you were the one pushing for him to go to court in the first place.
3: Yes, it was me uh, pushing. Yes. So he never asked me for money. It was me doing it, trying to be helpful and let's beat her and et cetera, et cetera. So he seemed to be okay and resigned to accept the court order how it was and wait until the children were older and what they wanted could be taken into account in court. And so I figured, well, if that's what you want, why am I going to push you and spend $20,000 and be resentful in the end?
0: Yes, because we often see where the situation is similar to yours, and the stepmom is pushing the bio parent to get this stuff taken care of, stop letting the bio mom dictate everything, help them get custody of their kids or help them get a more specified court order. And then they regret it because the bio parent didn't really want all that. So the responsibility fell on the step parent when they did end up having the child more. He
3: does want 50-50. Also, as we got more into the relationship, I realized, as horrible as I'm going to sound, I don't think he's capable of 50-50, to be honest.
0: And why do you think that? And don't worry about sounding horrible, girl. We got you anonymous on here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's gotten better with the kids, but, I mean, when they used to come, they used to completely overwhelm him. And um, when they would come... He would be a completely different person, almost like clockwork. Every time they came, he would get overwhelmed. and But instead of addressing the issue he was having with the child, he would let it build. And then he would take it out on me or my children. And we would have a ethical proportion fight.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He's gotten better. But in the beginning, it was very much a Disneyland dad and just fun and no rules and no discipline and no brushing teeth and no baths and Know this and no structure and uh and he just let them run wild and all over and up and around, and uh he got stressed out. I used to be very involved, he couldn't handle them, but then he didn't want me to discipline them or point out what was wrong and why he was really mad. Thank you, Nacho. He's getting better. I still don't think he's necessarily in a part where he could handle them full time.
0: Right. So if he came to you and said, Nicole, I want to take her back to court because she's not letting me see my kids like she's supposed to, but I need financial help. Would you help him? No. Really? <laughs> I feel
3: like I've like legitimately spent enough money on it. And uh, I feel like if he wants it bad enough, he will find his way. Right. No, I won't spend any more money on it. Also another pushing factor is that his mom has offered to give him money to help as well, which he hasn't taken. So I would say go ask your mom.
0: Great. I say great and I don't mean that sarcastically. I really mean that that his mom has offered to help and so there is help there besides you.
3: Yes, there is. There is. If he really really wants to His mom is ready to fully back him.
0: That's good. That way you don't feel like that you're just abandoning him.
3: I bought a house for us to have enough room for all the children. It had to have six bedrooms.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. I make almost double the money he makes. So I pay the majority of the bills and I pay the majority of the household expenses. Plus I pay for the house, the down payment, the insurances. I don't think, honestly, he would ask me for the money right now, knowing that I put everything as it is.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not like you're just sitting on your money and rolling in your $100 bills.
3: <laughs> no, no, I'm definitely not. My paycheck comes in and it's got a lot of places to go out.
0: Right. And you've got other kids to take care of.
3: Well, that's just it too. Is I mean, I am solely responsible for my, I have a 16 year old, I have an autistic 13 year old boy. I, I get very small child support, like only $300 a month. That mm-hmm. doesn't go a long way when you're teenagers and eat it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and I do 50, 50 with my seven year old. So there's an, and there's no, we specifically wrote out in our separation agreement, no child support. Cause I do know 50, 50, there's a parent still paying somebody there, but we've, written that out. So I mean, when she's here, I'm fully responsible for her. And then I mean, to be honest, our shared daughter, who's two, almost three, I pay for the majority of her as well. So right, we have been to like couples counseling. And I think he gets it where I was like, I can't help you spend any more money on your fight and your children and all this because I need to be there for my children and financially support my children. I said I don't want to be resentful of you and your children and ultimately perhaps break up our relationship because I'm so angry when I could have used it on stuff for mine type thing. So
0: right. I think he understands that. And too, like you said, you were kind of pushing him to do that. It's not like Yes. It's not like he was motivated to do it on his own.
3: I absolutely wasn't. He was going to let her right railroad steam through him. <laughs> and uh, he still does. I think he just is so sick of fighting the fight. Like, for instance, how on multiple occasions she's just made up some kind of fight and some kind of thing she's angry about and withheld the children on multiple accounts. He could take her to court if he wanted to. He knows he can. He knows his, mo- his mom has more than not often on these occasions, offered, reminded him, hey, I'm here to help, you know, financially if you need it. And he's chosen not to. So
0: yeah, it's his choice.
3: Right. Nacho, right? I can't care more than he cares. Well, let's talk
0: about nacho for a second. Yeah. What made you start nachoing?
3: I was so angry and resentful of everything in this blend. One day, I just started randomly looking up step parent groups on Facebook and I came across Nacho and then I went to the website and started reading like all the blogs and like the rules and read your whole website up and down backwards and forward, sideways and back. <laughs> and it really resonated with me. It was kind of like an aha moment. I was like, cause we would fight about discipline and this and that and, you know, the typical stuff everyone probably on all your podcasts has said. So I decided and I was really very resentful of the children. And so I figured nacho and I never told him I was doing nachoing, mm-hmm. but I you know stepped back from the discipline and just started trying like following the little rules and instead of being like oh can you pick up i mean if they left a mess i would say hey significant other the the living room's a catastrophe do you want to help p- do you want to pick it up please so we can walk through well slowly over time he'll readdress from him picking it up to asking his children to pick it up etc
0: and yes
3: and i'm getting less you know, resentful towards things. And it's definitely uh, making a difference for us, So, And also, I mean, he used to want me to be very active and parent. And I was getting mad because I was like, well, why do you want me to have this amazing relationship and put all this effort in with your kids? And you don't do anything with my kids, you know? Right. So... I mean, later on, I kind of tried to discuss Nacho. He wasn't into it, but I still do it. (laughs) And and that's what made him step up as a parent, honestly, too. Because now on the weekends when his children are here, I don't feel forced to be around. And so I'll make plans with my friends or other people. And I really feel like I can pick and choose when I want to be around. And that way, when I am around and I've chosen to be around, I'm a happier, funner person. And a relationship with his children can maybe flow more naturally instead of i'm just the bad person the you know the wicked witch of the east or the west or whatever it was that evil stepmother oh you didn't pick up this and oh you didn't do that and i don't focus so much on everything that's wrong and what they've done wrong i can just enjoy it more
0: right and it makes a huge difference
3: it does nacho saved my sanity thank you nacho <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad it saved yours. I think it saved mine too.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah, they're not your kids. You don't. And what really got me—the key one—was you can't care more than the bio parents do, which was exactly what I was doing, and probably causing all the tension and the friction. And you know, I would care. Well, what, what about brushing teeth? Don't they need to brush their teeth? Don't they need this? Don't they need? Th- and you know, and eventually, I was like, well why am I caring so much if he doesn't care? They're not my children. If he is okay with their teeth rotting out, okay, then so be it, you know, like mm-hmm. stop the stress. And and then it seemed, you know, as soon as I stopped caring more than he cared, well, it seemed like my nitpicking was gone and, it seems like my focusing on every little thing wrong was gone.
0: Right.
3: Right. And so then it caused less sight right? Because if I'm not mm-hmm. sitting there with him, oh they did this and oh they've got this mess and oh the blah, blah blah and this and that and that. Well, of course I do see it. he feels like I'm just picking apart his children. And as a biological parent, you're going to defend your children and which leads to fights and I've been there on my side. And so as soon as I stop that well, there was nothing to fight about because I wasn't nitpicking or saying anything he felt he needed to be defensive
0: about. Right. So your relationship's better.
3: Yes. Our relationship's better too. Yes. Cause I can pull myself back and choose to interact and engage as much as I want to. And. I don't feel like I have to be there and we're not forcing the relationship. And I'm also less resentful of the children, right? Because on one of the podcasts or somewhere, you can choose to re-engage and you can react, see how, oh, if they're not saying hi to me today, they're not ready. That's fine. We'll just back it up a step and continue, you know, continue on and not take it so personally. And, you know.
0: Yeah. Because they might have a bad day
3: too. Right. Children are allowed to have bad days too. And I've dropped the expectations. That's what Nacho has allowed me to do is drop the expectations. So if you have zero expectations, you can never be disappointed. Right. Right. So, cause I know when they're at their mothers, I mean, they've even been told, mommy says, we don't have to listen to you. Right.
0: Oh, that's great by a mom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, what do you do? Like, okay. Okay. Then well, you know what? You're right. You don't have to listen to me because I'm not your parent there's your dad. I'll let you
0: two have that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so sad that the bio parents are doing that to their kids because they're not just getting the kid to be disrespectful to you. They're going to be that way with other adults.
3: Exactly. But hey, nacho, not my children, not my responsibility, how they turn out. So if that's what you want to project onto your child, Mm -hmm. that's your God-given right.
0: Right. And I know a lot of stepmoms, feel like if the stepkids end up growing up and not doing well in school and struggling to keep a job and all this stuff, that it's a reflection on them, and it's not.
3: Exactly. That's what I I was like, yeah, it's it's not a reflection of me because they're not my children. Mm-hmm. But you know what is a reflection of me? How my children turn out. Right. So I just need to focus, stay in my lane. I mean, gosh knows, I've got enough children to focus on. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I do. So I just need to focus on mine and uh, his children. They've got two parents, him and mom, and that's their parents, and it's up to them how they turn out, not me. So, yeah, Nacho
0: really released me. Good. I'm so glad. Now, before you started doing Nacho, though, did you, or in hindsight, can you see that you spent more time worrying about what the stepkids did than focusing on your own kids?
3: 100% I did. Not even just in a negative way of critiquing them, but... I was so focused on forging a relationship with them. And, you know, everyone goes into it thinking super stepmom, we're going to have this relationship. I mean, they were young, right? They were two mm-hmm. at the time. So I, you know, they're that cute, cuddly stage. I thought it would be so easy. So, you know, I was so focused on them and forging a relationship and helping my partner fight that fight against the evil bio mom and all that and being the knight in shining white armor, so to speak. I did kind of like leave my kids in the dust because I was so focused on them and that bio mom and making everything right and showing how great I was, so to speak, and look at me and I can, you know, take this all on and whatever that I totally lost focus on myself and my kids and my relationship
0: with my kids. Right. And it's so easy to do. We don't even realize it.
3: Yeah. I I mean, I didn't realize it at the time. I mean, Over time, as I grew more resentful, then I was like, I did notice. I mean, later, because then I was like, well, why am I focusing all this time on them? I need to focus my time on my kids. Like, and it, it was a kind of very one sided, too. It was always like, well, what can I do for you and your kids? And not necessarily, not that he's a bad person. He does do lots of stuff for me. And, you know, and it's also different. His kids were two, and mine are, I mean, one was already 13, I think, at the time. And there's, you know, and the other was a preteen. There's a difference between how you connect with older children versus the connectability with younger children. But I also felt like it wasn't an even playing field, so to speak. I felt like I spent so much more time on him and his than I did mine versus him and mine. So I grew resentful and eventually noticed it. And so Nacho Which allowed me to be like, hey, you're the parent, you focus your time with them, and they're not here to see me, they're here to see you, and I'm going to do my thing with my kids. And when you have your kids here, well, that's time to do more one-on-one with my kids.
0: Right. And it's important for him to do things along with his kids. Not all the time. I mean, yes, you need to do things together. But if the relationships are bad, no, don't try to push that because then everybody's going to be miserable. Then the next thing you know, your kids are going to say, I don't want to live here because y'all are miserable and it's just a miserable environment. You have to let things form naturally.
3: And that's what I had to say to him. I eventually came to a point where I was like, look, it's a two-way street. And I know a lot of them not wanting a relationship with me or seeing it that way does come from bio mom who tells them they don't need to listen to me and I'm a bad person and blah, blah, blah. And I don't hold that on them. But I'm like, look, they're here to see you, not me, ultimately. And that's the truth they're here to see their dad. They're, they they do love their dad so much. I'm like, they're so excited to see you. They want to do things with you. They're not here to see me. They're definitely not excited to see me. And I was like, the more you force us together, the more we're not happening. I was like, you can't force them to like me. You can't force me to like them. You can't force the relationship. You just need to let it come naturally if it's going to come. So
0: Right. So what was your relationship like with the stepkids? I don't even know that we addressed this, but they're step twin stepsons, right? Yes. I, yes. I think we completely skipped over that part because you have yes. twin stepsons that are six years old and you have yeah. a bio daughter that's 16, a bio son that's 13, and a bio daughter that's seven. Yes. And your hours daughter is two and a half. Yes. Okay. So now that we covered that part, (laughs) yeah. what was your relationship with the stepkids like prior to Nacho and then after Nacho?
3: I say I tried a lot harder and they definitely rejected a lot harder. And I took that rejection to heart because I was trying so hard and I was very, very, very resentful. And there was a lot of bad feelings built up pre-Nacho. After Nacho, I realized hey, why am I trying so hard? You can't force this. They're here to see their dad. They're not my kids and I'm nacho their parent. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to let go of a lot of resentment. And like I said, I can pick and choose. And if they're not, and I can read now, if they're not feeling it, okay, cool. You know what? I'll just go do something else. And when they want to come to me, or even if they want to come to me at all, I mean, cool. So I found... For instance, they were here the last weekend and I had zero expectations. And I actually thought it was going to go horribly because she had actually just withheld them for a whole parenting round. And usually the less they're around, the less they like me. But actually, we had a great weekend. It was like super surprising. We went for dim sum and connected over that and made significant other go for dim sum. He'd never been. And we were all like, oh, dim sum is so great. And uh, we had a play date at an indoor play park with one of my mom's friends and her kids. And it was actually, I think, one of the best weekends we had ever. That's great. Like I walked in the door Thursday, which is the day they come. And usually they do not like me the first day. I walked in the door and I didn't know whose children these were because they said, hi, how, how are you? How was you? They asked me how my day was. I almost fell backwards back down my stairs. Really? Really. This was the first time in four years one of them has ever asked me how my day was.
0: That is awesome.
3: I know, right? I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And it was the best weekend on record. Now, do I think every weekend is going to go like that? Heck no. But honestly, it gives me some hope. And instead of dreading them coming next time, I'm actually looking forward to it. And we'll
0: see where it goes. And that's amazing. That is what nachoing is all about. Exactly. It not only lowers your stress. It helps the blend. It helps the stepkids. They're probably not dreading coming back because you're not evil stepmom anymore. You're cool, Nicole.
3: That's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, I can understand. Like, you know, I leave all the parenting to dad. So I'm just around for if you need something here, I can get it for you. I'm here to supplement dad and, you know, support dad. But I'm not the one nagging them to pick up their toys and I'm not the one brush your teeth and get dressed and this and that. And, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. here for help. Exactly. I'm here to do the fun stuff with or, you know, gang up on dad.
0: <laughs> yeah, gang up on dad. Now, you know, some people listening will say, oh, my gosh, you're really not going to tell these kids to brush their teeth or you're not going to tell their dad to remind them to brush their teeth. No, you're not, and the reason you're not is because they're not your responsibility. You are doing nothing but creating resentment and anger, and frustration when you try to parent those kids. Exactly. And dad and I aren't fighting. Right. Because he doesn't want to hear it. And he knows they need to brush their teeth. He's not stupid. Exactly. And you know what the funny
3: thing is? I always say brush your teeth, but now he's all on it. They brush their teeth at night. They brush their
0: teeth in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) He's all on it now. Yeah, because you're not. Exactly. But it's not about being mean to the stepkids. It's trying to save your sanity, your relationship with your significant other, and to build a relationship with the stepkids.
3: And that's exactly it. I don't feel I've ever been, it's never been my intentions to be mean to them or anything. Like, I don't, never went out of my way to be mean. It was never like that. I never thought, oh, I know a lot of people there's like on other parenting groups, there's this misconception that nacho means you're mean to the kids because you're not caring for them or something that I really feel the more I nacho and the less I'm nagging. I mean, I'm not their parent and they darn well, know I'm not their parent. And they look at me like crazy lady. I mean, they're right. I mean, they don't like their mother's right. Oh, they don't have to listen to you. She's not your parent. And in some aspects, you know what? she's right I'm not their parent I shouldn't have to tell them what to do and etc that's because their dad's here and that's his job and Mm -hmm. I'm just supposed to be here for fun right he's the parent and I'm here for like if they ask me hey can you help me with the soap or can you reach something up high for me I'll get it for you no problem it's not like I'm just completely ignore them it's not about ignoring them if they're talking to you and complete disregard for them it's not that it's just I'm not here to parent you. I'm not here to nag you. I'm not here to get mad at you when you're not doing what I'm asking because, hey, I'm not asking you to do it in the first place because I'm not your parents.
0: Yes, 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 exactly. And I know there are so many misconceptions about it and it drives me nuts because I don't know how to change that. And we work really hard to explain to people that it's not being ugly or neglectful or hateful or spiteful towards your stepkids. Yes, you may have a horrible relationship with them and you may need to nacho to just exist in the same house without killing somebody, but you're also nachoing out of love, but the love may be for your husband or your significant other and not your stepkids. Well, exactly. But then eventually, if you do it right, you realize the stepkids aren't really the issue. And you do, before you know it, Love them. And I mean, I cared about my stepkids straight off from the beginning. And it's never that I didn't love them, but there were times that I just could not care at all for them because they were trying to destroy my marriage. And it took a lot for us to get past that point. But I love those kids to death. Do I love them like my own? No, no, no. I love them like my husband's kids. And I love them for who they are. And they are awesome kids.
3: I haven't got there yet. Do I love them? No, I'm not going to lie. I'm not there yet. I haven't developed love for them. I'm at the point where I'm not full of anxiety and depression about them coming. So I feel that's a good, we're, we're starting with that. And am I enjoying their presence more? Yes. And did I have a good time with them? Yes. So hopefully another Four years from now, maybe we'll say I have some love for them.
0: And you know what? Four years from now, you may be like, oh, yeah, I love them. And then they hit the teenage years and you're like, I don't love them. That's oh, natural. Oh, teenage years. <laughs> but that's natural. I mean, we love our own kids unconditionally because they're our kids. But- because we have
3: to. Exactly. Let me tell you, there's some days, uh, my now 16 year old, she's great now. And I'd say we're almost like best friends. But man, we've had some. Rough patches where, if it if she hadn't been my own daughter and I'm biologically engineered to love her, let me tell you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would have been leaving that house and leaving her there with her bio parent.
3: <laughs> yes, yes, I would have. Oh, she was a miserable something. I would say, I love you, but I sure don't like you.
0: Right. Don't ever say that to your step kid, though.
3: Whew. No, 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 no. I would never say that. No, no. I, I know the rules. Don't say anything negative. Right. And it works. The less you say negative, the less you're fighting. Right. Because I'm going to be honest, and I've actually got my partner not chewing my children because that used to be one of the fights was he would try and discipline my children or, you know what, me too. I didn't want to hear the negative. You know what? I And I'm not going to say, I, I'm not Disneyland mom. I'm not glossy eyed over. Trust me, I can point out the flaws in my children from a mile away. I know my children and I I know what their good strengths are. I know what their weaknesses are. There's lots of days where I want to not show my own children. (laughs) So they're both teenagers now, the two older ones. And my younger one, she's an only child when she's at her dad's house. And she comes back with only child princess syndrome. So, you know, I'm not looking through rose-colored glasses at my children. I do know they've got faults. But I also know I don't want to hear it. I know they got it, but I don't want to hear it from my partner. You know what? I'm good. I know they've got their faults. Go focus on your children, not mine. So I've almost got him not chewing mine. I said, "You know what? You don't They're older. You don't need to discipline them. I will do that. I was like, "You just need all I want for you to have with them is a friendship."
0: Yes. And have my back if they come running at me with a knife.
3: Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I have my back. But I, yeah, I've got him. I was like, you know what? You don't need to discipline my children. I mean, you don't need to tell them to pick up the wrappers And the downstairs basement is a disaster. And then my son is autistic. He's very high functioning, but sometimes he will just he is lazy too, let me tell you. And uh you know, an significant other gets frustrated when, you know, he sees the basement. He'll be like, hey, you should pick this up. And Justice just kind of melts further down into the couch and video games. And he gets frustrated. I said, well, save yourself the frustration. Just walk past it. Wait for me to get home and deal with it. And that way you're not angry. You're not resentful. You're not frustrated. And I'll get home and I'll be the bad parent, bad mom and yell and get it fixed.
0: Right. Exactly.
3: Yeah. And all you got to do is
0: just be their friend and be there for them. And that seems to be going better, right? Yeah. It's going better. Yeah. If he can just remember to do it.
3: Yeah. No, he's been good. He knows. He doesn't, he doesn't try and pick. He's even said, well, I don't tell him to do. And I said, perfect. That's right. You don't tell him to pick up. I'll do it. And he's like, well, sometimes I just want it. So you don't have to get, I was like, that's okay. I'm mom. I'm parent. I'll handle the situation. Just put on your blinders, walk by the mass, and know that I'll deal with it when I get home because I will see it.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's been... It's been going well. Well, it's like David says, you would rather deal with it on your own than for him to have to tell you and then the kids get mad because he's tattletaling on them and he's telling you to tell them this, and then it sticks you in the middle, and one issue becomes three.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I want my kids to like him. I do. Mm -hmm. And I know and, and like I said, well, they're older, right? So they're even less to be like, who are you telling me what to do? And yeah. They just know him as mom's partner right Right. mom's boyfriend or whatever and he doesn't I mean he doesn't try he's never tried to take on a dad role or anything but along with that it's like just be their friend don't tell them to do anything don't make snarky remarks and blah 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 and like you know just just be their friend or if they want to talk to you just be that person mm-hmm. like be an uncle it's kind of you'd be the fun uncle it's yeah. just leave the parenting to me and I don't want to hear about it either just like you don't want to hear about y- me nitpicking your kids and therefore fa- I know my kids aren't perfect and I know there's a mess downstairs and a caked on cereal bowl waiting for me to tell my kid to clean up but I know that and I don't want to hear it from you yes so it you know works it works both ways right so I see it from his side when I'm nitpicking his children You want to defend them, even though he knows that I'm right, Uh but they're your kids and you want to defend them no matter what, no matter how wrong they are, so to speak. So works on my way, too.
0: Yes, exactly. My son came in the other day and he said something and I just looked at him and David, you know, kind of caught that something was going on. He wasn't paying attention, but he said, "Uh, what's going on? And I was like, I don't even want to talk about it. Because I knew that if I told David, it would get him on that role of, yeah, da, da 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 or, you know, something about Jackson, and I didn't want to hear it. Right, yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things, because what would happen if I did tell him, and he said, well, he shouldn't be doing that, or something like that, then I would kick into, well, your kids, blah-blah-blah.
3: See, and that's it. That's exactly it. So,
0: yes, mm-hmm. yes, you
3: hit the nail on the head. That's exactly, it. and that's how all our fights started. Yep. And I would perhaps nitpick on him. Then he would get picked back, and then it just started. My, it, that was our hugest problem, is it always became my kids versus
0: his kids. Right. And it was huge, ethical proportion fight. And the only way to prevent that is to not say anything about their kids. Exactly. Nacho. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. The, if I
3: don't have anything bad to say, he's not going to go into protective mode. He's not going to attack my kids' faults, which are true, but I don't want to hear it. Uh-huh. And we're not starting World War Three, Four, Five, and Six of my kids versus your kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I know my kid's not perfect, but do I need somebody to tell me that? No.
3: Exactly. You don't want to hear it. And likewise, the bio parent doesn't want to hear it either of your stepkids, so... You can get that.
0: Nacho, everyone. Nacho. Exactly. And even you, Nicole, as kind as you are, if you said something to me bad about my kid, I'm going to say something back to you that you're not going to like. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly.
3: You wouldn't go up to your friend and be like, out of nowhere, start a conversation listing all your friend's kids' faults. You know they're there. Your friend knows they're there. But they don't want to hear it from you. It's not your place to tell them because they're not your kids.
0: Hey, I've got an idea. Why don't you find some stranger today at Walmart or somewhere and you go up to them and tell them how they are parenting their kid wrong? See how that works for you.
3: You're going to get punched in the face probably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or a few four-letter words. Yeah. Or even go to a friend and tell them how you think that they have neglected their parenting. Wonder if they'll be your friend after that. That's
3: exactly it. Exactly it. So I've really found that everything's take. The more I nacho and step back, the more it forced him to step up and be a parent and deal with his children. And one of the like, like for instance, he used to leave his children with me so he could go do a job here, like a little side hustle here or a side hustle there or whatever. And, uh, well, the bio mom pulled something. So now I refuse to absolutely be left alone with his children just for my, I feel my safety reasons, Mm -hmm. not that his children are bad or anything. And they were never super bad when I was left alone with them or anything, but I don't want to be in that. Position. I don't want to have to parent, you know? So, I mean, yeah, he's had to, but it's been good for him too. So now he doesn't disappear and he's had to prioritize his children and step up and realize, oh, well, I can't do this because I have my kids, just like a regular parent would, you know? He's had to put his kids first. And I think it's been good for them as well.
0: Right. And the thing is, when you decided to Nacho, it was not, I'm going to step back and he's going to step up. It was, you needed to step back. And whatever happened after that didn't matter.
3: Exactly. I'm not saying every other bio parent will perhaps step up or whatever. But just in my case, the more I stepped back, the more, like I said, now they're brushing their teeth every night and every evening Mm -hmm. or every morning. And And it's not because I say a word.
0: Well, and the reason I say that is because we see it in the group sometimes where someone will say, Well, when you decide to nacho, you can't force your significant other to step up, which is right. You can't. Yeah. But I will tell you, 85% of the time, the men do step up. Exactly. And it may not be instantaneous. It may take them a month. It may take them you know, two months. A year. Right. We'll go ahead and say a year. It may take them a while because they have to feel the pain. They have to be annoyed by their kids. They have to get annoyed at the Cheerios sitting on the floor for two weeks. They have to... Trip
3: over the toys on the living room floor.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if as long as we're doing everything for them, they're not going to be bothered by it. So if you sit there and you see, have a mess, say the stepkid leaves a mess on the table. And it's driving you crazy. Yeah, you can pick it up, but you can also leave it there. If you leave it there, what's going to happen? When your husband comes in and he's walking through the kitchen, you can say, hey, when you get a chance, can you clean that table off? Exactly. You never said anything about his kid. You never raised your voice. Nothing negative about that conversation. And then after 10 times of him doing that... He's finally going to tell his kid, you need to clean your crap up off the table. I'm tired of doing it.
3: Yes, that's exactly it. Exactly it. I mean, I've had kids so long, I'm used to a certain amount of mess. And I kind of just put blinders on and walk past it. Mm -hmm. But at some point, he got sick of tripping over the toys all over the living room and stepping on stuff and hurting his feet. And, you know, yeah, about 10, 20, 30 times in, pick up your toys. Oh, look, the living room's a disaster. We need to clean this up before we leave. And I hadn't said a word. Nothing could be thrown on me. I was in the clear Mm -hmm. and nobody was mad at me. Dad wasn't mad at me because I was nitpicking. Oh, look at the living room, blah, blah, blah. Kids weren't mad because it was someone who wasn't their parent telling them. So I just, they had it out on their own and I just did my own thing in the kitchen.
0: Right. And I was the good guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And some people don't understand that, you know, nachoing is all about reducing stress. So if the cup on the table is driving you insane, and I mean, it's making you angry. Every time you walk by it, you just get mad and you're miserable and you're stressed out and you start breaking out in hives and you want to just punch the wall. Pick up the cup.
3: Yes. I mean, when you're nachoing, you also have to adjust your mindset a little, right? Yes. So at some point, you you just got to figure, well, it's just worth having the fight about. Is it killing me to pick up the mug and the, or the pop cans, the pop cans that are or the juice boxes that are left? I mean, yeah, I just at some point pick them up and put them away. And, you know, it's not killing me, but I'm less annoyed by seeing them there. Right. You know, you've got to change your mindset a little. And yeah, I could be like, Hey, your kids left this and blah, 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 blah. And then we have a fight. I mean, is it worth it? No, it's absolutely not worth it. It's five seconds out of my day to move it from the cup holder into the recycling. And we just move on with life.
0: Right. Exactly. You have to figure out which is less stressful for you. There was a lady that I've mentioned this before, that she had some really nice white towels that they got for a wedding gift. And she was trying nacho and it drove her insane to think about the wet towels that the stepdaughter left on the floor in her room. She's like, they're going to get musky smelling. They might get moldy. And she said, but I don't want to break nacho. I said, pick up the towels. It's driving you crazy. It will cause you less stress to pick up the towels than it will worrying about them.
3: I would never use white wedding towels first off with children. <laughs>
0: But still you have to think about things. And it's not, "Oh, I'm going to let my favorite towel sit there and turn into a mold pile because I'm not showing." No. No. Go get your towels. It's
3: have some common sense with it.
0: Yes. Exactly. And that's like when you start nachoing, you don't all of a sudden tell your husband after you've been taking the kids to school for four years that, oh, I decided to nacho last night. I heard this podcast and I'm not taking your bratty youngins to school. So good luck with that. How do you think that's going to go?
3: Oh, that's going to be an epic war. So i got to say at some point, I was almost to the point where I might have said that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you didn't because I'd have been like, no, Nicole, no, don't do that. That's not nachoing because you don't want to set it up wrong.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, now it's having some common sense. If you want a nacho and you've been doing something for a long time and you've kind of set the precedence, but it stresses you and it makes you resentful and you want to pull back, how do you deal with that?
0: What you do is you write down what your options are. Is there a child in the neighborhood that... Kid can ride to school with? Can they ride the bus? Can dad change his work schedule to take them? Can dad drop them off at grandma's and grandma take them? What are your options? And I laugh because I say a lot of times, write down your options. Put Uber on there. No, don't put your kid in an Uber. (laughs) But it's an option, but it's not realistic. So what you have to do is write down all your options, mark out the unrealistic ones, and then address it and tell your husband or your significant other, look, I'm really having a lot of anxiety and stress with having to get the kids ready and taking them to school. I don't know if it's something that you can do and take over doing or what options you see that we have, but these are the options I came up with. And, you know, you go over the options. Now, if he says, oh, you're being ridiculous, say, no, I'm not. It's causing me stress, which is unhealthy, and I need you to help me with this. And then you can address your options. And if he says, well, how long do I have? I mean, be realistic. Say, I'll continue to take them till the end of the month, you know, or two weeks or something like that to give them time to make different arrangements.
3: Yeah, that makes you seem like a very far more reasonable person. And you've come prepared with options. You seem helpful and you don't seem like such a mean, bad person. I like it.
0: And if, for instance, if your significant other is just like, oh no, you are going to take my kids to school because we have seen some people like that okay, that's fine. Then you're going to step up and you're going to parent your kids to where they know that if they start spitting in my head when I'm driving down the road, that I'm turning the car around, taking them back home and you're coming home from work, you know.
3: And that's also fair.
0: Right. Yeah. If they're not willing to help you solve the problem, then you have to come up with the options.
3: Well, that's kind of like you said on some podcasts about having agreed upon household rules. So I think that would be that. You would have an agreed upon if and let's say, for instance, it really doesn't know the options are feasible and you are stuck doing that. Then I guess that's where it comes into the agreed upon rules that bio parent would enforce and instill and talk about. Mm-hmm. And then that would lead into a maybe less stressful ride to school.
0: A good example is when I would take David's kids to school, they'd always make me late for work. I had to drive 45 minutes to work, so I was pushing it even if we left on time. But they would always dilly-dally, and they'd make me late. So we didn't really have another option. There wasn't a school bus because they went to a private school. There were no neighbors that their kids went to that school. So the option was... David woke his kids up at 5.30 in the morning before he went to work and made sure that they were dressed and had eaten breakfast, had their book bags ready at the door with their shoes and their jackets, and then they went back to sleep. And then I would just wake them up and tell them to get in the car.
3: That's a good option.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: But you also have a great husband.
0: Right. And it did not take long for those kids to go, I promise I will never make her late again. Please don't make us get up at 5.30 in the morning.
3: (laughs) Uh, Who wants to get up at 5.30
0: in the morning? Nobody. Right. But think about it. If I wasn't here, David would have to do that. If he had paid somebody to come pick the kids up, he couldn't ask that person to be late for work. Exactly. So, I mean, there's always options. They might not always be fun options or easy options, but there's always options. And you just have to figure out what's the best way to approach it. And the agreed upon house rules and consequences, that's a great way to do it. You know, if you are stuck taking the kids to school, say, look, you know, if little Johnny's not out the door at 702 in the car ready to go, then I'm going to have to leave him here. No, granted, we're thinking little Johnny's old enough to stay home by himself. You can't leave a three-year-old at home. Again, common sense. But yeah, I mean, there has to be rules. And there has to be expectations as far as what your role is and what your boundaries are with those roles.
3: Can I just say, I've done that with my own daughter. When she was younger and going through her super miserable stage, she wasn't up. She wasn't ready. She wasn't out the door. I was teaching her a lesson that day. Let me tell you, I left.
0: Was she not glad you left? Because my son would be like, oh, yeah, I get to stay home today. (laughs) No, you know what?
3: She's very studious and booky, and like, if she misses
0: school, she gets stressed out. Oh, yeah, That's how I am. So that would have gave me so much anxiety. I would have failed me a ride to school.
3: She learned a lesson. Let me say, after that, alarms were set and we got up and we were ready. Isn't it amazing? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She didn't think I was going to do it. I followed through and I pulled out and I left and I wasn't turning around.
0: Well, let me clarify, because I know somebody's going to do this. They're going to leave their stepkid at home. When? No,
3: this was my bio child, <laughs> right. biological daughter, and I believe she was 14. Right. So,
0: so if the stepmom chooses to take their stepkid to school and the stepkid has made them late. And the rule is set forth by the bio parent that if little Johnny's not outside by 702, that the stepmom can leave him at home. That's how that works. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Agreed upon with their biological parents. I didn't have to agree upon with anything because I was said biological parent.
0: There you go. Well, let me ask you this before we wrap up. Do you have guilty parent syndrome?
3: No. Um, okay. So in the very beginning with my now seven-year-old daughter, well, she was, had just turned three when her father and I split up. There was a brief period where it was a competition. We both, I'll admit it It was a competition between houses and toys. And I did, I would say for a small brief period of time. And then I realized this was ridiculous and I can't afford, we have too many toys and why do we need another toy? And, uh, it was very short lived, but no, um, my other two children, I mean, no, I've never guilt-parented. No. It was just a brief time with my third child. Dad and I definitely had a little competition going. And uh, eventually, we were able to get on the phone with each other and be like, this is freaking stupid.
0: (laughs) We're going to go broke. (laughs) Right? And like, really?
3: Does a three-year-old need enough? I was like, she doesn't need another toy. I was like, this is ridiculous. And we were able to have a conversation and be like, we need to support each other and be on the same page and have similar rules at houses that complement each other or whatever. And we've been pretty good since then.
0: Well, good. Because I see it all the time where, like, really, these people are going to have to file bankruptcy because they are keep trying to one-up each other with their kid.
3: And we did do that. And I will admit it. We absolutely did that. I mean, it was very, very short-lived. Um, luckily, we figured out how stupid we were being sooner than later and uh now we support each other i mean i've definitely used that if you continue this i'm gonna call your
0: dad Mm -hmm. no please no (laughs) yeah please don't call my dad yeah well nicole we really appreciate you being a guest on our podcast and taking the time to share your story with us
3: Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited. I love your podcast and I love your accent. It's the cutest. Oh, well, thank you. And I am so
0: glad that Nachoing helped you.
3: Yes, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for Nacho
0: and me finding Nacho because it's saving me. Girl, that's awesome. It makes my heart happy. Awesome. Well, you have a great day and you love on that little hours, daughter, because before you know it, she's going to be a teenager.
3: I do. She knows she's the baby. She's spoiled. (laughs)
0: Well, you enjoy that, baby. And again, I am so proud of you for nachoing and doing it properly because you've seen the benefits.
3: Yes. Everyone, nacho. Everyone look up Nacho Kids Academy. Listen to the podcast. Read the
0: blogs. Read the rules. Life's changing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And you have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
2: So since we took so long in the intro, I'm going to force Lori to make this short in the outro. Bye. It's a little too short. Oh, bye, y'all. Let's talk about uh, Nicole's um, interview.
0: This was Nicole's second blend. The first blend, she didn't struggle, Mm -mm. so she thought, "I got this." Mm -hmm. Y'all don't ever think you got this. (laughs) Don't ever think you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, because you will find out differently. Well, what maybe?
2: Why does she have the second blend if the first one was good? It was good with the bio mom. Oh, I got you. But
0: apparently not the husband. (laughs) I was just wondering. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, sometimes you'll have that. Maybe she should have went to the first good bio mom and was like, do you know any of the guys that you've married that I can (laughs) talk to so I can have you as my
1: my
0: non-conflict bio mom? We need to have like... A matchmaking, a nacho matchmaking. And, and match
2: non-high-conflict biomoms with non-high-conflict biomoms?
0: Match good people and good people.
2: Okay, so we'd have like 10 people on our site? That's true. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, next, that idea. <laughs> but this just goes to show that every blend is different. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Everybody is different. Yep. Thankfully... Nicole learned about nacho, and it has helped her tremendously. And we try to tell people that nacho really is a way of life. Mm -hmm. And it is. You can take the tools and the skills that you learn with the nacho kids method and apply it to different areas of your life. Mm -hmm.
2: Even outside the blend. Yes. Whether it's work,
0: Walmart, getting stuck in traffic. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah
0: trying to record an intro or outro to a podcast with your husband that (laughs) likes to joke around a little too much sometimes? Who does that? I don't know, but God pray for those people. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to start a Nacho is a Way of Life campaign. Okay. Sound good? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, David, get to it. I'm thinking about bumper stickers. Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I still think it'd be cool to have the little stickers on the back of your car instead of having the little kids and the adults. You have different sizes of little nacho chips. (laughs) Uh huh. Have
0: a nacho talk. (laughs) Speaking of, I have something to share. Uh oh. I wrote a mini book. Is it done? It's done. Seriously? Seriously. Like published, done? No. It's at the publisher. No. Yes. Good job, honey. It only took 784 hours. To write a 30 something page book, mini book, not even a real book, a little tiny book you can fit in your pocket. Yeah. But (laughs) I have learned so much about margins and printing and different footers on different pages that I didn't know about. Oh, and bleeding, color bleeds. And yes, I have, I've learned so much. So my next mini book will only take me 382 hours. When are you going to start on the real book? Well, Considering that was part of my goal for this year, I at least need to come up with a table of contents by December 31st.
2: <laughs> I
0: think we should. We're going to write think, a real
2: book. I think you and I should write a book together.
0: Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. If we write it together, I write my part, you write your part. Right. Here's what we're going to
2: do. We're going to write it so when you read it from the left cover to the middle, it's it's for the the woman. And when you read it from the back cover to the middle, it's going to be for the dude. Okay. <laughs> like those. No, it's not going to be like choose your adventure books. Oh. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Well, we're going to write a book. <laughs> so wish us luck because, whew, got a lot on the plate. Yeah. We got more on the plate
2: than we got time to do.
0: Yes. All right, so that is our show for today,
2: folks. Hope you join us next week. Make sure you share this out on your favorite social media site or, you know, blast it out in your car, driving down the road, (laughs) whatever you want to do. Just uh, make sure you get the word out. This is your way that you can help other blended families. So share it out.
0: Share it out. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. Absolutely. And look, if you don't like the intros or the outros, fast forward through them bad boys. But I guess you wouldn't hear that if you were fast forwarding. So skip it. Skip it. But they wouldn't hear to skip it because they're not listening.
2: So then they know how to skip it. Oh, there you go. There you go. You're a genius. But you are missing something when you skip. You just don't know what. Yep. All right. Well, remember, sharing is caring. And we'll catch you next week on the Nacho Kids podcast. And remember, life is always good when you nacho.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember... Life is good when you not show.